This episode is brought to you by me, Emily, the Minimalish Mama. Getting rid of clutter, physical, digital, financial, and spiritual, sets us free from overwhelm, shame, and mom guilt. It creates space in our home, schedule, and soul for prioritizing what really matters in life. But getting started is the hardest part. Enter your free guide to decluttering your life. This free guide has checklists for what to get rid of now in every room, 155 things to be exact, plus how to reclaim your time and joy from comparison and guilt, and how to create space for what you really love. It contains over 20 pages of my best tips for decluttering and organizing, and The best part is that it's completely free. You can download your free Decluttering Your Life guide at the link in the show notes or from theminimalishmama.com. Welcome to The Dwelling Place, where three friends talk about approachable design to help you create a home you love. We share practical tips from how to style shelves, make a bed, or pick the perfect paint color for your space. And we aren't afraid to share the highs and lows of our own decorating journeys. Join the conversation as we make our homes a beautiful dwelling place. If you're thinking of getting ready to sell your home, today's episode is for you. Sharice Tolbert is giving us the inside scoop on getting your home ready to list for top dollar. Let's do some highs and lows, guys. Okay, so I have a lot of highs this week, and so far I haven't thought of any lows. That's good. One of my highs is that we finally made it blueberry picking. Yay! Which I'm really happy about. There are wild blueberries that grow on my in-law's farm, but this is such a different blueberry picking experience because you're not like hiking through grass (laughs) that's like over your knees and all for like tiny 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 little blueberries these blueberries are like store-bought size blueberries so we went to ingles blueberry hill um which is in hartwick hartwick seminary yeah technically yep and so far have all of you guys been there i have not been there oh you haven't Uh -uh. okay where did you go pick blueberries Near Gilbertsville. Oh, okay. But you went. I love Ingalls. It's beautiful. It's so picturesque and so peaceful. And yeah. that's in your neck of the woods because you live up. It's on my road. Oh. oh. I live up the hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really beautiful. And I was a little concerned that there wouldn't be any blueberries left. But there still were plenty. And the boys had a great time. And... <laughs> Um, they had a great time for, like, until we made it, like, halfway down one row. And then they were a little bit like, it's hot. Yeah. I'm tired. And so, like, all the pictures and videos, I took a few little videos, are really cute and everything. But what you don't see in the background <laughs> is Bennett, like, crawling <laughs> down the aisle. And being like, I'm tired. It's hot. I want to be done. And then Edison like singing the whole time making up these blueberry picking songs. Which, it was cute but then sometimes it was just like really yeah. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> we stopped now. But it was fun. We had a really good time. We oh, picked, well, I think we had half of a one bucket. So we were a little ambitious when we started but we ended up with about half a bucket 
But cool. It was good. It was a fun haul. They actually gave kids a blueberry book this year. Oh. And Jude's been loving it. It's the very cute. Do your did your kids get one of the books? My family is a huge fan of Blueberries for Sal. So we okay. already owned it. And it was actually they knew the story before we went, so they were reenacting it while we were Aww. on the hill. Like they made me carry the bucket and tried to reach in and like they went to kerplink, kerplink, kerplunk. I mean all of <laughs> Well, so they must have been giving different blueberry books because we didn't get that one. There is another one that they gave also. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. More but. blueberries. <laughs> and Jude likes to recite it. <laughs> Thank you. That's, That's such a great idea. Yeah. What a beautiful concept. I yeah. Tickled. We should say, listeners, if you're hearing an unfamiliar voice, this is Sharice. <laughs> Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Did we not me. introduce you? <laughs> no. You can no, tell this I is our it... first, like, live, live in-person interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all fun. <laughs> But Sharice, do you have a high? I do. I'm really excited. We moved into our house just a couple of months ago and we're finally getting a lot of art up and it feels more homey and cozy and that's yeah. a real high because at night, like when the kids are in bed, go downstairs and it feels just like very peaceful and nice. Oh. And that's a really nice feeling. Yeah. So that's definitely a high for me. Mm-hmm. More finished and like lived in. Oh, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a low so yes so we have bunnies and we've put them outside we had them inside it's been kind of like a whole fiasco figuring out where to put them pet bunnies pet bunnies okay yes bob and flower like bob the builder and flower (laughs) (laughs) and so we moved them outside and my husband built this whole cage and i just discovered a hole they've dug a hole under it to escape so Luckily, I found it in time and I patched it because they've made their whole, whole like, little burrow under, like, the hole. They're, like, they, they love it. Yeah. Aww. So that we, I want to leave the hole so that yeah. they can snuggle in it. But I did have to create, like, this whole rock and wire <laughs> Oh, my God. So that was, <laughs> that was kind of the, <laughs> the low for the Yeah. Weekend. I thought it was going to go worse than that, though. Like, no. some critter ate them or something. Um, I was like, no! No, Bob has escaped before. This is a rate oh. PG rated. Yes, no. <laughs> Yes. No, Bob has escaped before. He's an escape artist, and we did find him. So we have like this littler cage that we bought that is an interior cage that we put inside the bigger enclosure that we made for them. And he got on the roof of the little cage, which is, I mean, I'd say three feet off the ground. He can jump. You see him jumping like on the walls of this enclosure. Like I he's like the super bunny or something. Oh my god, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> But no, no, no bunny deaths. Okay, good. (laughs) Kimmy, what's your high? So my high is, everyone drum roll. (laughs) My rug for my living room was finally shipped. Yay. Or so I think. Because the tracking still says this is not processing or something. I don't know. It's some weird thing. But I know that people do this where they'll, like, make the shipping label mm-hmm. and it actually hasn't shipped yet. How do you know that, Kimmy? <laughs> <laughs> I may have done that a two- time or two with my business. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm, like, I say it's shipped, but I don't think it's, like, fully shipped yet. I It's, the, it's at least not saying, like, keep adding days to it because that's right. what it was doing like yeah it would say the due date to ship is such and such and then I would check it a week later and then they would add another month <laughs> I'm like, no. so I think it's actually going to be here maybe you girls will get to see it next week we'll see 
This saga has been since season one, and we're now into season three. Yeah. Has it so, really been that long? Yeah. I think it was the end of season one. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I've been waiting for this rug longer than I've been pregnant, and I'm almost to nine months. Like, <laughs> like that's how long. I hope it's a really good rug. <laughs> I know. Emily said last week, she was like, well, what if you don't like it? Yeah. I'm like, I have to like it now. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, that's my high. My low is that it's just still going very slowly with Jude's room. I'm having some decision fatigue, too, mm. because there's just so many decisions to make. Because yeah. we're completely renovating this room. And then I'm also doing a nursery at the same time. And I'm, like, trying to juggle both rooms. So I have a really quick question for you girls because I wanted your advice. On the bed that Ryan is building... I wanted to have, like, this shiplap kind of feel. I don't... I think the picture's technically paneling is what Ryan thinks it is. I'm going to show you girls the picture. Is it horizontal or vertical? Well, you oh, can have vertical. vertical it's or, vertical. Yeah. But you can have... Is that shiplap or is that paneling? It's vertical shiplap. Yeah. Because he said it, it looks be like either. paneling. What's the difference? I don't know. To me, paneling think... has the different widths. Like, you have, like, a six-inch mm. section and then a four-inch section... I mean, that's how paneling hits, like 80s. Well, no, because, so he went to Lowe's and he just found, like, these different options of paneling because it's, like, way cheaper than shiplap. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's beadboard. What's this one? What is the gap? I don't know, like. That's the type of beadboard, I think. So do you think it's beadboard in the picture, though? No. All right, here's a definition. Shiplap panels are joined with a rabbit joint at the top and bottom of each board. Tongue and groove paneling connects where the tongue of one board fits into a groove of another. So it would be shiplap, not tongue and groove. Okay. But you could do paneling. Well, that's my question because it's like a lot less expensive. Yeah. And so I found this picture of a kitchen, but it looks like it's beadboard, beadboard. but uh-huh. it looks similar to shiplap. Mm-hmm. Do you girls think I could do get away with that? Definitely. Yeah. You yeah. can make paneling you... look like shiplap. Okay. That was basically... That's my latest because like this, that's also shiplap. Mm-hmm. I should probably describe these because people are going to be like, what? And then this one's also shiplap in this bed. All the ones that oh, I've seen. So like above. shiplap yeah. is like straight boards next to each other. Paneling is where you have them like joining and merging together. They fit together, but yeah. it still looks. That's the tongue and groove. It kind of looks similar. Yeah. But from the front. It would look similar. So out of these three, which one should I do? So this one? So you have like a three, four inch wide section in the middle, and then you have a few ridges that connect in between each of those three to four inch sections. So there's that option, and then this one. It's, I think it's... Traditional traditional beadboard. I think Mm -hmm. that's too small. Yeah, that's more like two inch with grooves in between. And then this one's probably too small too. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so I should go with the first one. I like that one too, though. That one's only like two inches wide. Is it? I can't tell the Here's scale. Here's his foot you need... for scale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you want <laughs> those those slats to be as wide as you can get them. So like minimum four inches, probably six would be better. All right. Well, you girls are helping me because we could just do straight up shiplap, but it's like, like I said, way more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have to buy each individual board. Right? There's right. also a hack where you can take long strips of wood and you actually cut a groove in them so you make it look, look. like shiplap yeah. but it's not or there's another hack where you take plywood like the of the thickness you want you paint it it's fine 
And you cut it Making into your you cut it into your strips, and then you have to do the offsetting yourself. Okay, that seems like way too much. To work me, for it the sounds bed. like the the widest bead board I can get is probably what I should just go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really liked how that one kitchen looked. So I'll show people the picture of what our inspo is, the kitchen, and then the three different options we talked about. So many decisions, mm-hmm. and hopefully by the time this comes out, will maybe be done. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. But anyways, thank you girls for your help. You're welcome. <laughs> so Brie, what about you? So my low, which is a recurring low, is I had more art fall off my walls. Oh dear. <laughs> and the reason why is I like using those command sticky mm-hmm. hooks, mm-hmm. but I have an older home and this is in the guest room and I don't run the air conditioner all the time during that room and I think it just got too hot where the sticky was like, no, oh. and gave out. That's what mm. happened. So my art that my grandmother gave to me which is a sentimental piece which is fine like the inside is fine but the frame is toast like Mm. it was beyond repair (laughs) and I didn't even hear it happen I think it happened when I went away and I came back I'm like where's my art and it had fallen (laughs) down behind the dresser so I had to fish it out and like get all the pieces out and so if you have an old house and it's a guest room and you don't have an air conditioner in there maybe use nails yeah I was just being (laughs) indecisive because I have lath and plaster walls so when you make a nail hole, it is a commitment mm-hmm. and a process to patch. So that's why I was like, well, I'll just use this and see if I like it. Well, it's been, you know, two years. I think I can commit like to a it, nail yeah. hole now, but <laughs> <laughs> that's my low. But my high is that I actually swapped my boys' rooms, which actually Sharice has since seen. For years, my original nursery was the nursery when I had my second born. The older kid went into the smaller bedroom across the hall. Well, one day they woke up from their naps and I'm like, I'm going to swap their rooms. And it was quite the process because (laughs) I have a very, very, very small hallway upstairs with like six different doors. It's like you walk up and you pick a door. I had to finagle my son's twin bed frame, which was already pre-built. I'm not taking that thing apart. Like, no, thank you. And so I had to finagle that through the hallway. I tried going into the room and I couldn't make it like it was too long for it so I'm like how there's got to be a way there's got to be a way so I backed up into his room went across the hall into our bedroom flipped it and then I was able to go back into the hall and then pivot into the room because of the headboard (laughs) the headboard was a little too wide and I couldn't make the angle but I figured it out Wow. I was so proud of myself. And this is what I'm thinking this whole time. What are the kids doing? That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> they are just around me. Okay. Yep. Wow. We just make a party out of it. <laughs> and hope they don't fall down the stairs in the process. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the bed frame was blocking off the stairs. So oh, okay. I, I put them in my bedroom so I could do it and then they could run around <laughs> like crazy. But then I had to figure out what to do with the crib. I have never taken this thing apart. We put it together. It was such a pain to put together, which is why we initially didn't swap the rooms because when we had our second board, it made sense to have the smaller room be the nursery, but we were just too lazy. So I was like, I'm going to figure this thing out. And I did. Took it apart, moved the pieces in, put it back together. I was very proud of myself. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it really does spatially make more sense because what's now the nursery is a very, very small room. And it makes sense to have a little crib in there instead of a yeah. full twin bed that you, like, walk into. Right. And you have that cute little nook in the bigger room that the twin size bed just fits perfectly mm-hmm. in. So. Yeah. And acts as, like, a headboard. So that's my high. 
We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back in, we are going to pick Sharice's brain about how to get your home ready to sell. So today on the podcast, we have Sharice Tolbert here, and we've met Sharice actually through the podcast. Mm -hmm. So you found us and sent us a message. So you just moved to the area too. Yes. Give us a little bit of a background about how you came to the area, you found the podcast, and how you got into real estate. I was living in California in the San Jose, just south of San Francisco area. We were there for two years, but we're originally from the East Coast, so I'm from Vermont. My husband's from the Syracuse area, so this is really a move home, Mm. and we moved to this particular area for my husband's work. He's working at Hartwick College. Um, And I'm just so tickled to be here. This is like a dream area for me. So I'm so excited. And while we were in the moving process, I was getting my real estate license and also looking to really connect with other people that were already here, kind of looking for friends, but like cool people. (laughs) And I really just, I found your podcast on Instagram and I just thought, you know, like your imagery and everything is so like modern and what you were saying is just so cutting edge and I was very excited that that existed here because <laughs> you know small town you yeah. think maybe yep. that's not around and I love like the small town feel but it's nice to have some of that kind of modern edge too and mm-hmm. I was just so tickled to find you guys so mm-hmm. that's why I reached out and was so excited to meet with you and meet you in person soon after moving here and that was a really nice way to land so I got into real estate because I really grew up around real estate. My parents are investors. They have lots of Airbnbs and they flip houses and they've been in the construction industry. So it's very a natural fit for me. It's the table talk topic of my youth. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's very familiar. Like I know about the market and design and everything like that. So I was in communications before, and I just wanted something different that was more involved in the community. Yeah. I was kind of sick of sitting at my desk all day. Mm. I'm ready to be out and about yeah. and talking to people, and I really love houses. I love walking through houses <laughs> and, like, just the feel, and I'm just very excited to be in real estate, and I'm loving it so far, so. Yeah, that's great. I think I covered everything. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. yeah. It's funny because when you sent us a message, I remember you, Kimmy, saying, like, she seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I like stock. Although oh, I, I couldn't find you on Facebook because that's my first go-to to, like, really try to find yeah. out stuff on you. I'm a major stalker. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, girls, I think she's cool. I think yeah. we should get together. <laughs> Yeah, we met at a coffee shop and we talked for like a couple hours. It was super Mm -hmm. fun. It was a blast. I loved it. Yeah, Yeah. you guys are awesome. We always love finding more people to talk about houses with. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) and we should share that your Instagram handle. I mean, we'll we'll put it in the show notes, but Mm -hmm. it's you can tell us. Yes, it's at upstate.newyork.homes. Yeah. Yeah. So we knew that you were also like, when you were contacting us through that, we knew you were like a business and we were like, oh, upstate New York homes. Like that's <laughs> what we talk about. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I felt like it was a really great fit yeah. to connect for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 And now, since we have been sort of looking for a house, although my husband and I have very different ideas about what we're looking for. <laughs> now I can just text Cherise links to houses all the time and then <laughs> see if we can go see them. So, yeah. That's it's a been good fun. Friend. And I got to yeah. see cool houses. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a good deal. Yeah. It's a good friend yeah. to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, should we dive in to talking about houses? And specifically, we were thinking, gearing this around... If you, as a listener, are getting your house ready to put on the market. So from the position of you were already a homeowner, but you're ready to sell it and you want to move to something else. This first question, I mean, for me personally, when people talk about it being a seller's market or a buyer's market, sometimes those terms, I don't know what they mean or what they're talking about or how you even tell if it's a seller's market or a buyer's market. So maybe you can kind of... You could give us, like, the bird's eye view of what the housing market is even doing now, and then maybe dive into those two terms and explain that. Okay, awesome. So there's kind of, like, the national picture and the local picture. Um, Nationally, it's been super crazy for a couple of years with, like, really abnormal things happening where there are maybe up to even 20 people making an offer on one house, offering way above asking price waiving things like inspections, which is <laughs> crazy to me. Wow. Um, and that's very abnormal. So there's been talk of like, oh, the housing market is going down and stuff like that. But what's really happening is that that crazy stuff is cooling off mm. because prices are still going up, actually. Prices have gone up nationally for 125 months in a row. And that's the longest stretch ever. The wow. houses have increased in prices for so long. Mm. And inventory is tight, which means there's not a lot of houses coming on the market. There, mm. There's, you know, um, there are some coming on, and here I'm seeing new houses coming on every day. Mm. Uh, but it's not flooded like it was mm-hmm. in other markets. And I'll, I'll kind of explain the differences in a minute here. But sales of homes, like how many are selling, is going down. And how many new homes are being built is going down. And I think that is probably people getting scared off by the whole talk of the interest rates. Mm -hmm. But actually, although the interest rates went up, they've come to like around six, they've come back down to five. So they are kind of stabilizing a little bit. So I would say that the market is stabilizing and coming back to more of a normal market. Mm. It's still a seller's market. So a seller's market is when it's good for people to sell their home. They're likely to get a profit. They're likely to get an offer fairly quickly. A buyer's market is when it's better for buyers. So there's more to pick from. They can probably get more out of a purchase. They can probably maybe offer lower than the asking price and maybe get some of the concessions that they want, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a seller's market or a buyer's market is basically who it's benefiting the most at the point mm-hmm. in time. Okay. And that is based on supply and demand. So if there's more houses on the market, it's a buyer's market. If there's less houses on the market, it's a seller's market because it's more competitive. Mm. So it kind of like... Can, do economic. interest rates kind of go hand in hand with that? So like if it's a seller's market, they're higher interest rates... If it's lower interest rates, it's a buyer's market. So the interest rates actually tick off 
and can impact how many people are buying because it impacts buying power. So typically if the interest rate, like just what, what recently happened this summer when they got raised, it means that all of the buyers who were in one certain buying bracket may not have been, may not be able to afford the same types of houses mm-hmm. now because it's going to cost them more money per month mm-hmm. with the interest rates on their mortgage. Gotcha. So it really impacts how many people are buying. That makes sense. Yeah. So what's a typical process for getting a home onto the market? Like what are some of the step-by-steps that we need to know? So first I would find an agent, honestly, because you want to have a sit down meeting with them and talk about your goals, why you're selling, figure out a comparative market analysis which is basically figuring out what other homes are out there or have recently been out there for sale that are like your home. How, like how many bedrooms, how much acreage, you know, age, that type of thing. And then figuring out pricing and what you maybe could get because that might inform your decision as to when to sell or whether you still want to sell, that type of thing. It's just a really good and valuable piece of information Mm -hmm. to see what's going on around your particular area because at the end of the day, what you're going to be able to sell for is determined by where you live. It's, you know, your, your regional market is very important. Mm -hmm. It took me a while, my husband and I, when we were looking for houses to find an agent that we clicked with, like we Mm -hmm. saw some agents that were a little too aggressive or a little too bubbly or knew nothing about the property. Well, like I have questions. I want them answered. Mm -hmm. So I find it's kind of like an interview process too. If you see a house with one agent and you didn't quite jive with them, then when you go to see the next house, see if there's another agent available. So Yes, and there's tons of agents around. Mm-hmm. So definitely find somebody that you feel like you trust, that you feel really comfortable with, that you can talk about very personal things with because mm-hmm. house buying or selling is a very personal thing. You're talking about your money situation. You're talking mm-hmm. about your dreams. You're talking about your limitations. Like it's really yeah. what your family needs. So it is very personable. So you, you really, personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you really want... Uh, somebody that you feel really comfortable with, for sure. That's and you kind of want to know, like, <laughs> how much time they have, too, because yeah. for me, I don't know if I told you this, Sharice, but to find this house that we're in right now, this was, like, the 42nd house I walked foot in. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was on, like, Zillow and Realtor.com, you know, all those places looking at houses all the time, but then we also stepped foot inside 42 houses, and my agent was just wonderful because <laughs> he did it every time like all the time every day we were seeing like three more houses it was it was wild and now he's like too busy and probably can't do that <laughs> I'm just glad that I got him when he wasn't as busy <laughs> yes the, but that can be a factor and some agents are really busy right now with yeah the way the market's been so and it depends too on your like a lot of people would be like oh my gosh I'm gonna go insane if I step foot in that many houses so I think I'm a little bit odd in that regard. <laughs> but I don't know. When I I when I'm house shopping, I want to see like everything yeah. possibly available. When we were moving here, I had like a spreadsheet of like 60 houses. And then I had them scored by different elements. I love and it. <laughs> I shared the spreadsheet with our agent when we were coming in. Like, we only had one weekend to look for a house. Oh, wow. So we had to schedule. We scheduled, like, 25 oh, viewings in the weekend. Wow, so I'm similar. So yeah. I really understand empathize and hope to empathize with buyers who do the same thing. Because I think you can 
make a better decision. Like, only seeing a couple homes, it doesn't really give you an idea of what's out there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a big decision. Yeah, it is a big decision. Yeah. So, after you find an agent and you have that first kind of initial discussion, um, then you want to really start preparing your technical home for sale. So, you want to start fixing things up. One thing that can really guide you well on that is if you purchased it recently, you may have the list that an inspector provided to you of what needs repaired. And that's a really mm. great list to return to mm. and go through and maybe try to fix some of those things that, that you were, didn't fix when you bought it. That you did, right. Yeah. <laughs> so some home buyers will fix all those things right away after they move in and some just kind of don't. And you want to really kind of go back to those things and maybe walk through with an inspector's eye and see, has is there mold now in the attic? Or was there something little that's kind of blossomed into something bigger you know where is the wear and tear you really want to kind of address some of those kind of bigger more serious things first before you do any other kind of more Mm -hmm. cosmetic and fun things and then you do want to think about reducing especially personal items there are some agents that say you know what like there are lots of people who sell houses with lots of clutter they don't do any Mm -hmm. staging but I think the most important thing is taking away photographs and like super, you know, personal items, especially stuff that could like fall and break that's sentimental because mm. people are going to be walking through your home. Well, and I to never be thought of that. I didn't think about the like things breaking, but I think the people sitting around this table right now, we're different, a different type of breed of person who doesn't like clutter as much. <laughs> but there are people like we can still envision mm-hmm. like if we see a yeah. room full of clutter we can still envision past it yeah and we can see what it can become a lot of people don't they cannot, cannot they can't do yes, that so right. it's really important to make it look styled and yes or at least try to put the majority of stuff knickknacks odds and ends in one room neatly in bins or in the garage like designate one side of your garage for all of the packed bins because you have to move anyway when Mm -hmm, you sell your mm -hmm. house so you might as well get the process rolling you know get most of your stuff into one clean neat space and then leave just a sparse number of items to make it look staged because it does help to have some items so people can see scale of the room how envision it may be but yeah you you really want to kind of minimize as much as possible especially the personal items i've kind of heard with closets how it's good to like take out like maybe half of the items. Is that yeah. something you recommend doing? I was definitely going to mention that actually because I think you want people to see the usability of a space, especially something like a closet or like a bathroom can be really kind of tight possibly, that type of thing. So you want people to be able to envision themselves in mm-hmm. any space. And if there's too much stuff that's distracting them, they won't be able to do that. And the same thing goes for like if you want to do updates or things like that. There are, of course, things that give you more bang for your buck, but I would say as you think about doing those things, think about big picture appealing to the most number of people that you possibly can. Mm. Widest net. What's the widest net you can throw? So don't do things that are like very particular styles. Try to really think about what lots of people would like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Modern farmhouse. <laughs> okay, this is really side note, but I just am like thinking when Bree brought up the closet thing. Do you have to when you're selling a house, do you have to have your bedrooms have to have closets? Not necessarily. I mean, like to be considered a bedroom, does it have to have a closet? It wasn't no. isn't that a thing? I feel like I've heard that before that like 
You can't count it as a bedroom unless it has a closet. I haven't heard that. We, okay. I mean, bedrooms are bedrooms, but closets definitely are something that people look for. I know, so. we got rid of two. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have beautiful storage and you can people can see how it can be used with yeah. other forms of storage I think that's because there are lots of old homes in this area that don't have great closet space mm-hmm. and so if you can display it's still yeah. really beneficial yeah that makes sense I think the only thing with that would be in a basement in order for a room in a basement to be considered a bedroom it has to have the egress, egress window. window yes <laughs> For safety. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So nothing about closets. I don't no. know why I thought this. I've heard that too. That <laughs> in order to be considered a bedroom, it has to have a closet. But I will say when we bought our house, we have a quote unquote four bedroom, but one of the bedrooms doesn't have a closet. So I think that's Yeah. I mean, that. and a lot of traditional Victorians, they don't have closets. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they use wardrobes. And... Right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I could, I could be wrong, but that's my <laughs> understanding. So... <laughs> You would know more than you would <laughs> So just to finish up kind of like what the process would look like. So after you take care of your stuff, you want to think about photos. The um, agent will bring in a photographer, maybe a videographer. And so you want to be prepared for that. So the getting ready, your home ready is kind of thinking about how it's going to look for photography. And on photo day, it's really important, and some agents are not good at communicating this, that you want to let in as much light as possible. Open your windows as to the max. Turn on all of your lights and really make it bright and light and let in as much of that kind of, especially the natural light as possible. Put your toilet seats down. Mm. Do some of those things that, like, think about what a photo would look (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. uh, which you might not think about in terms of just, like, regular showings. And something that I love to do is, like, bring in natural flowers, like a big bouquet of flowers and put Mm -hmm. it on the table or something like that, like, you know, make it feel more than just, like, kind of sterile photos, make mm-hmm. it feel homey and welcoming. And I think even for showings, that's nice. Yeah. You know, for sure. Well, and before the photographer, you could hire stylists to come in, which the three of us, <laughs> we have done. I think that's Love a fabulous you. idea. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, if you have it in your budget to, like, do some renovations, do some painting, do some real staging and styling, I think that's super beneficial. That's going to make your home sell quicker and for more money. So you mentioned videography. Have you seen an uptick in people using that more in their listings, like a 360 tour stuff? Is that becoming more common? Definitely. That's a thing for both social media and for listing. People are used to that kind of content now. That's the most popular content on all the social Mm -hmm. channels. And so it's bleeding in for sure Mm -hmm. onto the real estate search engines. Mm -hmm. So after photos and videos, the listing will go live. And so you need to be prepared basically the day that the listing goes live for your home to start showing. And With you kids, really, yikes. Yes. Yeah. So you want to plan that because mm. what we sold our house just before we moved to California, we had an offer within 24 hours. But within that 24 hours, it was really crazy. You have to maintain your home clean because on a mm. drop of a dime, somebody might want to come over if they're in the neighborhood. And a plan to, with what? What are you going to do with your kids? What yeah. about what are you going to do with your pets? Because you can't be in there. That, right. That will make <laughs> them feel very uncomfortable. You can't. Oh, yeah. be we there. have we have looked at a house before. The people were all in it. What? Yes, yeah. It was the first too. house yeah. that we looked at when we moved out here with the realtor, and all the people were in the house, and the the people actually decided to give us the tour of their house oh, wow. and walk us around it. It was so you awkward. Know, it's very awkward. And it's 
It's hard for people to focus on the house if they're distracted by yeah. the people in it. So. I actually remember in one of the 42 houses, I think it was once or twice there were people there. And I felt like I couldn't talk to Ryan yeah. about stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because you yeah. feel like you're more there to observe than, mm-hmm. like, dissect You it. can't, like, comment on stuff because yeah. they're right there. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So definitely plan for the showings and maybe an open house before the listing goes live so that you're prepared because it can start happening right away. But then your listing's live and you're, you could have an offer within, I mean, within 24 hours in this market. For yeah, because sure. it's one of those things where you could be like, I can take pictures and I don't really have to deep clean or like do all oh, this yeah. like <laughs> dusting or whatever. And My then... closets, I can be stuffed. Yeah. And, but no, because then the next day people yeah. are opening your closets. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like every surface, every room needs to be like ready. Definitely cleaned at least. Some people do leave all of their stuff. But you will have more opportunity to sell more quickly and for more money if you mm-hmm. do take care right. of stuff. That, yeah. you know, and I think, talks. honestly, all these tips that we're talking about, too, you don't have to be... I'm sure there's a lot of people listening aren't, like, moving anytime soon. I am not moving anytime soon. But, like, Emily, you just had your house appraised. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to appraise it for, like, a home equity loan or something like that, too, these are great tips to do... All of this right. stuff because yeah, you said that like like we had the pleasure to come help you style your house and then you had the appraisal come and he was the guy was like, like yeah he told us it was a pleasure looking through your house you keep such a good house <laughs> and like commented on how nice it looked and, yeah yeah so I think it definitely helped and yeah. even if you're not moving in the next couple of years but you may down the road it's nice to get some of the projects and the flipping done early so that it's not so stressful when you're Mm -hmm. ready to actually move because it can be overwhelming especially if you have kids and work and all of that for sure so what factors go into determining a home's listing price so there are actually a lot of things but the most important thing is market the current market and what is going on in your neighborhood a realtor will look at comps so these are houses that compare to your home in terms of size, square footage, acreage, number of bedrooms. I kind of mentioned this before. And what is currently happening with, to, you know, with these other homes that are comparable. So ones that have sold in the past year, how much did they sell for? Or how quickly are they selling? And what's currently for sale right now? And how do you want to compete with what's for sale right now mm. that's in your neighborhood? You also want to think about where the market might be going, and you want to stay kind of one step in front of it. So right now they're recommending that you price to sell. You really want people to notice you on in certain financial brackets, mm-hmm. right? So the Zillow, for example, or some of the other sites, you know, they do the search by certain brackets. Mm-hmm. And so what bracket do you want to fall into? What Interesting. Oh, you know, yeah. so people are only looking for 250 and under. So do you want to fall into that search or do you want to fall into the search that's above and you might miss people who could actually afford your house but you're not in the right bracket like five thousand that's right really smart smart. because i searched that way when i was looking for a house Yeah. yeah you want to think about how you're going to compete how you're going to stay ahead of the market and then you also do look at you know what has been updated the year of the home how many bedrooms do you have a garage What's the acreage, that type of thing? Like all of those things add money, especially like if you have an extra bedroom or like an office or mm-hmm. if you renovated your kitchen, that type of thing. Those all do factor into the pricing, especially with like 
if you've renovated your ba- your kitchen or your bathroom and the house down the road is the same age, same number of bedrooms, but they haven't, then you can get more money for your home. Mm-hmm. You know, so an agent will kind of add all those things up and give you a recommendation of kind of a window of what you could sell your house for. And then at the end of the day, it's up for you to decide. I have a question. How many houses that have been quote unquote updated do you find on the market? Do you think it's more common to find like updated homes for sale or like outdated homes that people are looking to update? In this area, definitely outdated. Mm. They have not been updated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very rare to find updated or they were updated maybe like in the 90s, but not not recently again. Brian and I have been having a lot of fun looking at listings in the area and like reading them out loud to each other (laughs) because it will be like, it says newer kitchen and then... Brian would be like, if newer is the 70s. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we went, I remember going into one in particular. I won't say the street name. It was like a new flip. Like they bought it and then flipped it, but they did it so poorly. Yeah, that really And it was cheap. The quality of the But they were like trying to say that it's all new and it was all new. Yeah. But it was all cheap. Yeah. (laughs) And people are going to notice. Yeah. It's really, and if you, if you, you know, DIY is really popular right now, mm-hmm. but if you don't have the skill to do high quality work for something like a kitchen, mm. you might want to practice first at least and test your abilities <laughs> before you yeah. do something because when you get ready to sell and it's not the right quality for the buyers in your market, that mm. will be a detriment to you mm-hmm. yeah. because people will look at it as something that they need to fix. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that home because I was like, I don't like anything that they just newly did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing when I was searching here. There were houses that were pretty new, but I don't, I didn't like how they did it. Like the design was poor. Mm-hmm. You know? And I like, feel guilty ripping it all out. Exactly. Because well, it's, like, all it's like gorgeous stuff, yeah. but it's not nice style or it's like i don't want to waste my money ripping this thing out like this house is priced higher because they put this thing in but i'm just gonna rip it out yeah right right. yes yeah there was one listing we just looked at where it was like freshly painted downstairs and it was like some horrible like brown color (laughs) like i saw a house thanks next time (laughs) don't freshly paint white yeah come on yes i once saw a house that was like Bright purple in one room, bright red, orange, lime green. I'm like, what? Sounds like my 13-year-old self's dream. That's the house we moved into. Our kitchen was purple, like... Her kitchen was purple. Yeah, and the like the hallway, Egg the living plant. room was green. Great. The bedroom was like a aquamarine blue, but these were not mm-hmm. tasteful colors. Yeah. And so we've spent a lot of time painting, and because they're darker colors, it's yeah. taken so, so many coats of paint. So if you're going to paint your house, and painting is actually a great way to freshen up a house for sale, yeah. paint something neutral that lots of people can like. Because even mm. if you like bright colors, the next people might not. So right. Most likely won't. Yes. <laughs> and you know, like some people are into moody right now, like the moody dark colors, mm-hmm. and that might be fun for you when you're living in it, but when you're selling it, that might not be attractive mm. to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it could be. Yeah. There are lots of people who would like that, but think about that a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so walk us through room by room. What should people do to get their home ready to list? Let's start with the outside of the house. Imagine like you're walking up to this house. What should somebody do with their yard, driveway, etc.? Yeah, so curb appeal is one of the biggest things to think about. 
which can be easily forgotten or Mm -hmm. be a side note. And it should be really important because that is the first photo on the listing Mm -hmm. is the outside of your house. So even if your inside is gorgeous, if your outside doesn't reflect the inside, then people aren't going to even click on it to look and see the inside pictures. It's never a good sign when the first picture on a listing is like the kitchen or the living room because like the outside (laughs) looks bad. (laughs) And you don't have to go all out. You know, a power washing can do a lot to Mm -hmm. make a house look crisp. A painting is always a worthwhile investment because people are going to see how pretty it can look. And you don't have to go all out on the gardening, but clean it up. You know, if you have bushes that are a little shaggy, make them look more crisp. If you have an area in the front of your house that you can make into an easy garden bed, throw on two bags of mulch and put in a couple potted plants and you've got a beautiful Mm -hmm. landscape. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to make Mm -hmm. a yard look crisp and beautiful and cleaned up. You know, Mm -hmm. put a chair out somewhere and you make it look welcoming. So definitely yard is something that's really important. And thinking about, like, you might want to look at your roof. Is your roof really old? Does it need moss removed? That Mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's worthwhile to replace a roof. That's something that you probably will end up negotiating with someone if Mm -hmm. your house is at that point. Because it might not be something that the buyer asks you to do. So that's something that's I wouldn't say like go all out on replacing your Mm -hmm. whole roof and everything Mm -hmm. like that. But it's definitely worthwhile to like paint, clean up, make it neat. Yeah. What about in the living room? What are some areas in there that we should be doing in order to get our house ready to sell. Definitely just paying attention to like letting the light in. So if there's something in the way of windows, you know, make sure curtains can be opened all the way. Make sure there's not like big plants or furniture blocking the light from coming in because when the photographer comes in, you want that light pouring through. And just making sure that it's neat, cleaned up and take care of any like little thing, like, you know, dirt on the walls. If Mm -hmm. you're not going to paint, Clorox actually does a lot to walls. <laughs> you can or like, magic you can eraser. Take, yeah, like <laughs> you can you can make your walls look pretty fresh with some scrubbing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so make it look fresh and clean, and get rid of the clutter. Just make it simple. What about the kitchen? The kitchen, you definitely want to make sure it's cleaned and think about, like, people might open your refrigerator. <laughs> mm. Really? People will look in cupboards and well, see, like... Well, because you're selling the fridge usually yes. comes with a yeah, house. that makes yeah. sense. I've looked and in refrigerators. People will I never buy have. for yeah. really crazy things. Like, people are, you know, some people, that's, like, what matters to them. They don't want to have to fix that. They don't mm-hmm. want to have to deal with buying one. So. And they'll look in cupboards because they want to oh, see yeah. what the cabinet look like inside yes. the grimy or that's right so you want to clean clean mm-hmm. clean <laughs> you know think about inside your dishwasher that's something like a lot of people don't clean very often oh, but there can yeah. be like on the rim some kind of yucky stuff so you want to <laughs> take care of some of that type of stuff think about if there's anything that's like super outdated even if you don't want to do like a full kitchen flip are there one or two things that you can update just to make it feel a little bit more mm-hmm. attractive and modern? Like, like replacing handles or something like right, that? Right, something like that. Or like maybe, you know, maybe if there's a really, really old appliance, you want to s- switch out that one appliance. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to just do, if you want to do cupboards, but you don't have to do the countertop. Like you can pick mm-hmm. and choose. Mm-hmm. One, even one or two things can make an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to do a full thing. Mm-hmm. In our house in Arizona that we sold before we moved here, we had really not done anything with the kitchen. And it was a pretty old, outdated kitchen and all like very like yellowy, orangey kind of oak 
cabinets. The countertops though themselves were like black granite and they were gorgeous, but you didn't really notice them amongst like the outdated mm-hmm. ovens that were like in the wall, you mm-hmm. know, and then like the cooktop was over <laughs> on like the peninsula that. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and all the oranginess and like the heaviness of the cabinets and stuff. So we took out some of the upper cabinets and replaced them with open shelving, but then like, we had already walked the realtor through and told her, we're going to paint the kitchen cabinets. And she was like, okay, that's great. That will help a lot. And um, she had kind of given us a number of what she thought a house would sell for. So we painted all the kitchen cabinets white. And the next time she came in, she said, oh, we need to we need to list this house for $30,000 more. Oh, wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And we sold for asking price or higher. So nice. painting, it was a lot of work to paint the cabinets, yeah. but it definitely paid off. Wow. And, you know, you when we sold our home, when we lived previously in New York, we did not have the time or the money to do any flipping, but we super scrubbed and we staged it beautifully. And it had the old like press countertops and cupboards, mm. and we had replaced the we had already replaced the appliances, but we really just staged it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And our house sold within twenty four hours, so wow. you don't mm-hmm. have to do anything but make it look really clean and really well staged, and your house will sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and smell good. Smell good. Oh, man. That's something that people miss. <laughs> Air the house out. Yeah. But pets. don't spray Don't spray a bunch of, like, synthetic yeah, smells yeah, either, yeah. though, because that can make people feel... Headaches. Yeah. Like, I'm very smell sensitive. <laughs> Me too. So I can't mm-hmm. be in a place that smells strong of those mm-hmm. things for long. So don't mask <laughs> smells with other smells. But, like, like, opening windows is a good idea a to get way. fresh... Fresh air and... When we bought our house, a lot of the windows were open. It was, like, June, and you had, like, the fresh air coming in, and it did smell really good. Mm -hmm. But when those windows are closed, you could definitely smell the dog. (laughs) So, like, there's a reason why those are open. (laughs) So then in the bathrooms, it's similar to kitchens, actually, where you really just want to clean and simplify, Mm -hmm. take out any kind of stuff, really just take out all of your stuff, put your toothbrushes away, don't leave things on the sink. We've just been talking a lot about toothbrushes. (laughs) And the bathroom is somewhere where there might be more likely stains, like your tub might have stains, Mm. or the walls around the tub might have stains, or the toilet might have stains, and those are things that you want to try to address. There's all all sorts of hacks on YouTube and Pinterest and stuff now. There's all sorts of things that really take Mm -hmm. stains out, and there are other solutions too, like if you really can't get a stain out of like a tub, you can really pretty quickly paint a tub and there's like a material that you can buy that is durable for water and everything so there's a lot of easy fixes to make bathrooms look much cleaner and nicer pretty quickly Mm -hmm. but you do want to pay attention to like you don't want people to feel eh when you walk into your bathroom Mm -hmm. right that's not the reaction you want yeah Mm -hmm. okay so then how about bedrooms so bedrooms, I would go back to if there are closets, making sure that they are not where you stuffed everything. <laughs> because people will open closets, mm-hmm. and if they can't even open the closet, you know. Um, and make your bed, make it look crisp and nice and not covered in, like, dog hair and things like that. You know, like, make sure your, sh- your bedding is clean. <laughs> make sure the bed is made and just, you know, if you have tons of clothes or something like that, or if, it, if it's really scattered, like... Put some things away. Like mm-hmm. Put them in your space, whatever your designated space is. 
really try to simplify it because bedrooms are a place where it can easily feel crowded. Beds are really big, mm-hmm. you know, and you might have bulky mm. furniture for wardrobes and things like that. So you really want to pay attention to like the minimization in a bedroom, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And when you're making your bed, listen to episode two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How to make a bed. <laughs> oh, man, that's hard. <laughs> and what about, like, a home office? Because that's become a lot more common nowadays with a lot more people working from home. Is that something people are looking for? And what would you recommend? So a home office is beneficial, but an extra bedroom is more beneficial. So maybe a way to not kind of totally have to redo an office is to put in a type of couch that is a bed and like make it look like a a bed or put in a spare tiny bed, you know, Mm -hmm. really make the room a bedroom slash office. Because if you can say three bedrooms instead of two bedrooms plus office, Mm. that's a really valuable Mm. thing Mm. because three bedrooms is much more valuable than two bedrooms. You're, you're, it's going to impact your price and who's looking at your house. Mm. So I think the first thing I would do with an office is make it more like a bedroom so Hmm. that you can say that it's a bedroom. Having an office area is great because there's lots of people working from home now. That's a very desired thing as well. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to take out the office stuff. Just make the office more versatile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So right now we are in my basement. And I am glad that I am not selling my house anytime soon because it's a disaster, as you can see. But what are tips for basements and attics? I find that so many basements have a major yick factor. Yeah, like this. And so, but, you know, you can vac, like, if you get a shop vac, and they're not Mm -hmm. that expensive. You can get a tiny shop vac, and you just have to dump it a bunch of times vacuum the ceiling, vacuum the cobwebs in Mm -hmm. every corner, even if it's an old basement, make it feel clean at least. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm saying clean, 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 but really like you don't want people to be repulsed by any part of your house. And especially like (laughs) as a young female going into the basement, I can feel really creeped out. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like a basement is at least clean, then I can stand there and look around and check all the things that I need to check out without feeling like I need to run away. (laughs) Yeah. So clean cleanliness is number one. Obviously if you have finished a basement or whatever, that's awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. And what if you have like a workshop or stuff like tidy the tools and if you have extra paint cans and stuff like get those organized as well? Yeah, I would definitely organize, but I think that's a really beneficial thing to have. Like don't put away tools, tidy them, display how the workshop can be used because I think that's a really looked for thing right now, especially Mm -hmm. people are moving out to the country they want a space where they can do some DIY projecting or like, you know, somebody can have an office, somebody can have mm-hmm. a workshop. Like we're, we're doing that. My husband's got his shed and he's mm-hmm. set it all up. And <laughs> well, isn't that Brian's like yeah. number one thing he's looking for? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> number one thing, garage, workshop space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back to the basements. We looked at a house with you that we went down in the basement and <laughs> there was like, this door on the floor over a hole of some kind. We were like, I do not want to know what is under that door. Did you know? No, no. But then Brian noticed that there was, like, we went back upstairs because it was just down there. (laughs) We went back upstairs and Brian was like trying to do due diligence and look around. And he was like, he noticed there was a partial wall 
that we didn't go behind, so he went around back there, and there was, like, a table back there, and he was like, it gave me the creeps, and I felt like they were making, doing animal sacrifices back there or something. (laughs) (laughs) But if it gave Brian the creeps, then you know you need to, like, clean up your basement. There are some really weird things in basements. Like, there was another one that we visited that had a shower, but it was not, like, a complete shower. It was, like, a partial shower that kind of sort of was, like, hooked up with very not safe wiring (laughs) like mixing water with electricity and I didn't even have a door like it was yeah (laughs) get rid of that weird stuff (laughs) just throw it away (laughs) so back to like storage spaces like basements attics garages any other things other than like the reducing creepiness factor (laughs) that apply to those spaces so I think for an addict actually you have an opportunity just like a basement kind of too actually but Wherever you can add square footage that's not already calculated into your house and then you can add value to your home, ask for a higher price point. An attic is a fairly easy, depending on your attic, place to add the square footage. Um, So that's one place that if you're looking to make more money on your home sale, make some profit, that you could pretty easily switch an attic into an extra bedroom slash office type of thing. Also, attics tend to be a place where hidden problems are. And so don't forget to check your attic before you go into a home sale to look for signs of leaking or rodents or things like that because you want to remediate that stuff before Mm -hmm. an inspector comes and tells you that Mm -hmm. you're going to basically lose your home sale because of a problem you could have fixed. Mm. So in today's market, things are moving quickly. If someone has like limited time, what are the top three things that they should do to add value to their house? I think that, and what, you know, not just what I think, but also what is kind of the common knowledge is that adding square footage, you can make more money. So, uh, you know, an attic, a basement, doing that. Curb appeal is super important. Make sure the curb appeal is, is there. <laughs> that it is has, appealing. It has appeal. <laughs> that <Yeah>. it exists. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a fresh coat of paint can really impact whether people are attracted to mm. a home. Mm. So I was not I brown. Pick, yeah. Poop. Yeah, I would do yeah, painting, curb appeal, and if you can add footage, then add footage. But that's sometimes not a fast project. Sure. So that one's kind of yeah, mm-hmm. borderline. Yeah. Yeah. Painting inside or outside or both? Both. Okay. But you don't have to like if your house is already a fine color and just needs cleaning up. Sometimes the um, power, washing. power washing is all you need. Like, don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to go change the color or anything like that for. The exterior, the interior, a fresh coat of paint goes a long way. One thing that the lady who was selling this house, when she did like paint touch-ups because there were some weirdness outside, and she used the paint she had like bought initially to do it, but the house had faded because it was out in the sun. So when she did her touch-up, it was like a totally different color, and she just left it and... But, like, I couldn't use that paint anymore if Mm. I wanted to do touch-ups. I had to figure out the new color that the house became. So just if you have paint cans downstairs or wherever and you want to do some touch-ups, just make sure that it's the actual (laughs) color because it can change over time. That's a really good point. And paint can age. If it's left in, like, a hot, you know, shed or garage or somewhere really dry, it can change the consistency and it can no longer be usable. Mm Mm-hmm. So what do sellers need to keep in mind in today's market? 
I think one of the number one most important factors in selling a home is pricing. So if you can work with a professional who can help you decide what to price your house at, that is what is really going to determine how quickly you sell and how much you sell for. Aside from all these other factors, you know, you don't actually have to do any fixing up. Cleaning, I would definitely recommend, but like <laughs> there are lots of people who sell their home without fixing things. But if you don't price right, Mm. You know, that's really what's going to impact your ability to sell your home. So I think that's a, a top thing to keep in mind and working with a professional because when it gets to negotiations, you want a professional who knows the laws and the regulations, mm. who knows what to look out for for you and who can help you guide you through the process because it's actually really more detailed than you might think. Even if you sold a house before, laws can change. So it's really a good idea to have an agent. And I know that that can be hard for some people to swallow when they are selling a house because it's the sellers who pay the agent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it comes out of the selling, but you sell for thousands more if you yeah. use an agent than yeah. if you don't. And I'm not right. trying to like, obviously I'm an agent, so <laughs> it seems self-promoting, but I would use an agent and I've used agents before myself mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really impacted my ability to sell or purchase yeah, a home. So for sure. I, you know, I think it's important. The other thing that I would keep in mind is planning your move. So in a seller's market, that means it's going to be harder to find a place to then purchase if you need to purchase a home. Mm. So really plan your whole move out. Where will you be moving to after you sell your home? That can be an afterthought and it actually needs to be really a forethought in this market because people are finding that, oh, I'll just move into an apartment, but then it takes them way longer than they want mm. to, to buy a home. Mm. So you really want to think about where you're going mm -hmm. when you're going to sell. How long does a typical closing take? Like on average, like is it weeks? Is it months? Because for us, like we saw a house in the beginning of June, but didn't close until September. And it was about a three-month process. But that was back in 2018. Has that changed in today's market? That's average if you are using bank financing. So the process of getting a mortgage is what typically delays that. So there's so there's getting title and making mm -hmm. sure that the title is clear. So make sure like what they're selling you is actually theirs to sell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that takes about 30 days. And then the mortgage side and making sure that your house appraises at value so that you can actually get the amount for what you're asking for from the bank and making sure that your finances are in order, that all takes time. So it actually takes longer if you are getting mortgage than if you're paying cash. If you're paying cash, that's cut in half. Really, mm -hmm. the time frame is cut in half. So it, it really depends on your financing. Wouldn't you say this is also regional, though? Because I had a friend who is in the Virginia area, and she bought a house and closed on it in two weeks. <laughs> really? A yeah, closing? Recently, yeah. Wow. I. And she said that houses just down there, it's like kind of in the D.C. area. They just go very quickly. So did she have a, like a contract in a couple weeks, or did, was it a full closing? It was a, a full, weeks? like she was moving in. Wow. It was really quick. Wow. And then she sold her house and moved out of it really quick, too. Like, it all just happened so yeah. quick. And I was like, wow. I thought it was three months because that's what it is around yeah. here. I'm not familiar with that market. So yeah. They do do things differently. Mm -hmm. In, in different D.C. states. Especially. And yeah. yeah. Some other states, too. So. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you, Cherie, so much for your expertise. This is such an enjoyable conversation. I'm so tickled to be here. Thank you so much <laughs> for having us. So, so much. Yeah. Like this was yeah. really informative and you know, we mentioned her Instagram handle earlier, but really if you're looking for an agent in this area, mm-hmm. we you. recommend her. Thank you. <laughs> and you could just look at the show notes for all her information and I would love to work yeah. with you. <laughs> you're obviously design conscious, so that just makes you a better client. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, you're also kind of recently started, so you have yes. lots of time to show somebody forty two hours. I do. I do. <laughs> And I love doing it. I love going to lots of houses. That's all I want to do. I just want to go visit houses. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to have our domestic dare challenge to you guys. Okay, we're back. And we're going to talk about this season's domestic dare. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So last season we had organizing your pantry, kitchen, that kind of a thing. Pain points in your kitchen. And before that we had three dares in mm-hmm. one season, which ended up being kind of too much. So That's why we didn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so this season again, we're back to one domestic dare that we are all going to try to complete. And then our listeners can join in and you can... Follow along with our progress. Send us your updates on Instagram or email. We'll all be in this together. Along the lines of getting your house ready to list, um, because Sharice, you were just telling us, you know, some of these things to get your house ready to list, you should do ahead of time so that you can actually enjoy it. When we got our house ready to sell, we painted our porch and did a bunch of things, and then we're like, the house feels so nice now why didn't we do this while we were living here so that we could yeah feel nice here so do it for yourself don't just do it for your buyers Mm -hmm. do it for yourself even if you're not going to sell yeah so even if you're not planning to sell anytime in the near future do some of the things that we've talked about today or some of those really annoying little things that have been on your to-do list Mm. that you really just need to take care of so that then you can live in your house and enjoy it before you have to move. <laughs> and these are things that you personally, they're on your own to-do list, not your husband's. Yes, yes. Kimmy. <laughs> not I'm things. done telling myself that. <laughs> not things that you have to get somebody else mm-hmm. to do, but things that you can actually take care of. Yeah. So maybe it's like doing the deep cleaning of your basement. That could be a thing on your list that you Kimmy. really want to do. Okay. <laughs> Or, in my case, it's getting the trim installed upstairs, which, I mean, we can debate whether that's a job for me or for Brian. (laughs) (laughs) But that would be a thing that's been on the list forever, and it's something that would definitely add to the house, because it really just helps it feel more finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a spot. It's behind my mirror, and it was one of those attempts to hang the mirror, and then you end up with, like, five giant holes behind the mirror, that I really need to get fixed and patched. So that's one thing on my list. Mm-hmm. I have a piece of trim in our bathroom. If I you noticed go to the that bathroom, tonight. <laughs> you've noticed it before in the past, too. Yes. It's just like this little piece of trim that I need to paint white to match the rest of it. 
but I just haven't done it. Because it's one of those things when you're living with it so long, you kind mm-hmm. of get desensitized to it and forget about it. Yeah. yeah. So that's something I need to do. And then we were also talking about how we should also think about, like, outside, like, exterior things. Because, you know, it's fall time before winter comes. If there's anything outside that you need to do. I know, Sharice, you mentioned one. The mailbox currently at our house has a mural of a horse running across the field. <laughs> so it definitely needs a modernization. You know, it's artistic. Okay. But it's not the artistic I want. So <laughs> I kind of want a picture of this mailbox. <laughs> I'll send you one. Okay, we'll have to put it in our show notes. <laughs> Sounds good. I definitely have paint touch-up stuff that needs to happen oh, yes. outside. I really want to get the whole exterior painted, but I don't know if we'll have time to do that before winter. Mm-hmm. But I feel like surely, at least in the front, on the corner where the porch is, where they used to have, there used to be this big bush tree thing and a water issue off the porch, but... We got new gutters, and so that's all fixed, and we took out that tree. So now you can see how messed up the paint is mm. on that one corner. And I feel like I could just scrape that down, do a color match at Munson's, and just, mm-hmm. you know, get that painted. And then it would look so much better from the front, even if just that one side was taken care of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like we all have something we need to do. Yeah. yeah. Those little annoying things that take like five minutes or a half an hour. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that long. You just have to sit down and do it. So here's your dare. Do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send us a message on Instagram or email and tell us what your three things are that you would need to do on your house. I will add a question box on our Instagram story, so keep a lookout for that. And you guys can put in what you guys are going to be fixing up for this domestic dare all right so we're back with a pillow talk from sharice this time so sharice is there anything that you're really loving lately we got this antique pegboard entryway thing that we finally hung after Mm. painting and i'm working on staging it and i just went and picked all of the end of season wildflowers and I've hung them to dry there and I've got a basket and like some linen hanging there and it's coming out really nicely and I'm just tickled every time I go by it so I'm very excited how parts of our house are coming together. That's awesome. This is one of my favorites. Did you paint the pegboard the same color as the wall or how are you doing that? I kept it wood. Okay. I love wood. Yeah. (laughs) I have a hard time painting it so. But I do have a bunch of other projects that I want to paint. Mm-hmm. Like dressers and things, but the well, pegboard thing would. You'll have to show us a picture because I love those pegboards. I think like it's been really trendy to do them also to. like along a whole wall. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then painting the same color as your wall. That's why I asked because that's yeah. been kind of a trendy thing to do. But pegboards are. I love mm-hmm. pegboards. Yeah, I want to do more pegs throughout my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's perfect for like that simple rustic kind of style and where'd you get the pegboard cooperstown garage sale day oh yeah garage sales nice Nice. we love a good garage yeah especially (laughs) 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 well awesome thank you for hanging out with us today we want to know what you thought of this episode and what you want us to talk about next 
Find us on Instagram at dwellingplacepod or send us an email at dwellingplacepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Every single review is so appreciated and helps more people find us. Visit the show notes for the pictures and links to all the things we talked about today. We'll see you next time right here at The Dwelling Place.